Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos Tafayin Ches. We're starting seven lines from the top, four words into the line. Today's shir is sponsored. Le'ilu Nishmas Mordechai ben Rebel Yo. The Gemara says, "Maim kedei lashav a kilor." A person is chay for taking out water if it's enough to mix into an eye salve. Says the Gemara, "Amrabai michti letzi kol milsa deshchicha v'leshchicha." Anything that has two uses, a common one and an uncommon one. Also, Rabbanan Basar deshchicha lekula. The Rabbanan go after the one which is common, even if it's more lenient. Shchicha ushchicha. If it has two uses and both are common, also Rabbanan Basar deshchicha lechumra. The Rabbanan will go after the common one if it's lechumra. For example, yayin, wine, drinking it is common, using it for healing is not common. So, the Rabbanan go after the shear of drinking, which is more common, and that's a lenient shear. That's how much a person's chai for taking out on Shabbos. Chalav, milk, achilas ha eating it is common, refuas ha using it for healing is not common. So, azor abadan, basar achilas lekula, so the Rabbana go after its shear for eating, and again, that's lekula, that's more lenient. Devash, honey, achilas ha it's common to eat it, but it's also common to use for healing of the boil that we had mentioned in the Mishnah. So, azor abadan, basar refuas ha the Rabbana go after the shear of refuah, of healing, and that's lechumra, it's a much smaller shear. Ella, says the Gemara, Mayim, water. Michti, let's see. It's much more common to drink water than it is to use as a refua to mix into an eye salve. You can use any sort of liquid for an eye salve and it doesn't have to be water. So, my time, why do the Rabbanan use the more machmir shear which is going after refua? It should be a drinking shear. Amr Abayabai says, This was taught in the Galilee. The people were very poor, and even though you could mix any sort of liquid into an eye salve, the only thing they would use is water, so therefore this shear was for them. Rav Amr Rav says, No. We could even be referring to all other places. says, All liquids could be used as eye salve and it will heal, but they also will cover the eye. It creates such a thick paste that that paste covers the eye and you can't see well. Except for water, that it will heal if used as part of the mixture in the eye salve, but since it's of thin consistency, it won't cover the eye, and so therefore water is actually considered commonly used in eye salves, and that's what we're going to go lechumra for this year. The Mishnah said, All other liquids, a person's chayv if he takes out a revius. Tan Rabbanon. Dam v'chomine mashkin brevias, blood in all other liquids, a person's chayv if he cares out of revias. Reb Shem ben Elazar Aymer, dam, blood, k'day likchol b'ayinachas is in order to anoint one eye. Shekein k'ychen libirkis, because we'll anoint an eye when it has a problem of birkis, which is a speck protruding from the eye. We'll anoint it with blood. Umay nihu, and what type of blood do we use? Dam v'tarnagaylas bara, the blood of a wild chicken. Reb Shem ben Gamliel Aymer, dam, blood, is k'day likchol b'ayinachas in order to put it on one eye. Shekein because we use blood for a cataract in eye. Umay niyu, what type of blood do we use? Dama de krushsina, the blood of a mole. Vesimaneich, how do I know which blood to use for which issue? Gava le gava, one that's inner for the inner issue. Moles live in burrows in the ground. They live on inside of the ground. And so therefore, they're used for cataracts which are inside the eye. Bara libra, something that's outside for the outside. Wild hens live outside in the fields, so therefore they're meant to use for a speck in the eye that's protruding from the eye that's coming on the outside. This is only for someone that takes this out into the Rishas Ram. Someone that hides it away, he's chai for even carrying out a kalshu, and the Gemara is going to explain this momentarily. We're talking about someone that stores it away, but if a person carries it out, he's only chai for And who might the one a person carries out wastewater to Rosh Hashanah, the minimal amount a person's chai for is a revias because 
less than Ravias, we have no use for wastewater. And the Gemara says, Amar Mar, we had just said, but a person that stores away this item, Kalshuhu, he's chai for carrying out a Kalshu. The Gemara asks, Atu Matsnia Lav a person that's Matsnia, that he stores away this item, is he not also carrying out this item? So, what type of differentiation are we making between a Maitsi and a Matsnia? Both of these people are carrying the item out into the Rishasar Rabbim. Amar Bayabai answers, Hachavamayaskinon, over here we're talking about Betalmid Sha'amrlai Rabbi, a student whose master told him, this is referring to an apprentice of a blacksmith. So his master told him, Lechu faneli hamakim lesuda, go clear a place for me so I can eat my suda. Halchu he went and cleared something away for him. Davar chashav lakal, if he carried something out to Rishasar Rabbim, there was something considered important for everyone, Chayvi so he's Chay for that. Davar she'ene chashav lakal, if he carried something out that's not important for everyone, Iatznei Rabbi, if his master stores this item away, then he's chayv for it. For Eloi, but if his master doesn't store it away, then he's not chayv. And now we can understand when we say matzniah and maitzi. When we say maitzi, this is referring to a person carrying an item out to Rosh Hashanah. The only factor we have to take into consideration over here is the maitzi himself, the person carrying this item out into the Rosh Hashanah. However, when we have a matzniah, when we have a person that stores this item away, and someone else carried that item into the Rosh Hashanah, so now we have to take two things into consideration. The maitzi, the person actually carrying the item, and the person that stores it away, the matzniya. So that's why we term these things differently. A matzniya and a maitzi could be carried out by the same person. Just depending on how many things we have to take into consideration, it depends what shear this guy is going to be chayv for carrying out. We said that a person that carries out wastewater to Rishos Rabbim, the minimum shear is Ravias. The Gemara asks, What exactly are you going to use Shaifchen for wastewater? What type of use do they have? In order to knead clay with them. So you'd be chayv. The Gemara says, That can't be. A person's only chayv for carrying out clay to Rosh Rabbim if he carries out the amount that he can make a pikor. Now, a pikor is a little stand for the bellows. Bellows were this fan type of thing that we used to fan a fire with, and we would put it in a stand right next to the fireplace. And this pikor is like this little little round stand that was used to hold the bellows. So we see that the chiv of carrying out clay itself to the Rosh Hashanah is just a tiny amount of clay. So how could it be that the chiv of carrying out water that's used to knead the clay is such a large amount, is a whole revius. You don't need a revius of water to knead such a tiny amount of clay. The Gemara says, like Hash, it's not a problem. One is where the clay was already kneaded. When you have pre-kneaded clay, then the amount of person's chai for taking out is very small. It's the pikor. But when you don't have clay kneaded yet, and you're about to start kneading fresh clay, then you need a lot of water. A person is not going to need a tiny amount of clay that he can make a pikor with. He's going to start out with a very large amount of clay, and that's why he needs to start out with a minimum of a revias of meishayfchim of wastewater. And the Mishnah continues, Someone that takes out a rope on Shabbos into the Rosh Hashanah, if he carries out the amount to make a handle for a basket. Gemi, some sort of reed grass, he's chai for carrying out enough to make a loop for a sieve or a sifter. Rabbi Huda Aymer, no. It's in order to take a measurement for a shoe for a child that would take this reed, measure the length of his foot, and then bring it to the shoemaker and say, make a size shoe like this. Niyar, a person carrying out paper is chayev. Kedei lichtav olav kesher muchsin. If it's the size that you could write a tax collector's receipt on this, when a person either pays his taxes or he paid a toll and he wants to receive a receipt for it, so then they'd write two very large letters on a piece of paper. These were larger letters than standard size letters. Vahamaitzi kesher muchsin, someone carries out an actual tax collector's receipt, chayev, he's also chayev. Ein chazam on the top. Niyar. 
Darmachok, someone carried out paper that had the writing erased from it, so now you can't rewrite anything on it. He's only chayv if he carries out enough, enough to wrap around the top of a small jug of aromatic oil, or leather, to make a kamea, kalaf, parchment, enough to write the small parsha of tefillin, ink, enough to write two letters, kachol, eye makeup, has to be enough to put eye makeup on one eye, devek, glue, enough to put at the top of the board, zephis, vigafris, pitch and tar, in order to make a hole, when they had a receptacle that contained mercury, which is dangerous if it spills out, so they would plug this hole with pitch or tar, and then they'd make a tiny little hole inside this pitch and tar, so he has to carry out that amount to pichayev, shaiva, wax, enough to put on a small hole, charsis, crushed brick, in order to make a pikur, which was the receptacle for the bellows of the fire. Here specifically, we're talking about surfaces of those that are goldsmiths. Rabbi Hudaimer, he says, it's in order to make a tripod, which holds the pikur. Subin, bran, enough to put on this pikur of the goldsmiths. If they didn't have charcoal, then they would use bran to fuel the fire. Sid, lime, in order to put this lime on the smallest of girls. Rabbi Hudaimer, says, no, it's in order to put this lime on her temples so that her hair should stay on the temples. In order to put it on her forehead, the Gemara is going to explain all these things one by one. The Gemara asks, Why is a person not chayv for taking out a length of rope that one can make a handle for a sieve or a sifter? Why only a handle for a basket? The Gemara answers, Since it will cut into the vessel, since a rope is coarse and it's going to cut into the sifter or the sieve, so a person's not going to make the handle out of that. Tanra Banan, Hutsin, if someone takes out palm branches, he's chayv kedelasus oisel and sal mitzras, if he takes out enough in order to make a handle for a palm bark basket. Siv, if a person carries out a vine that encircles the date tree, Acherim, I remember say this is Reb Meir, Kedeliten Alpi Mishbach Chaton, he's chayv if he carries out enough to put on the mouth of a small funnel, Lesanin Esayayin, to filter wine. They had these small funnels, they would pour the wine through it, and where the wine exits out of the funnel, they would have this vine there, it was evidently very thin, and it was able to catch all the small particles and sediment. Revav, fat or grease, Kedei Lasuch Tachas Ispagin Ketana, a person's chai for taking out the amount that he could smear on this small cracker. Remember, their bread ovens back in the day were these cylindrical ovens. They would take a piece of dough and slap it to the side of the oven. In order for it to get stuck to the oven, they would smear some grease or fat on it, and if he takes out that amount of fat, so he's chayiv. Vekamishura, what's this size? Kisela, the size of a coin, which is called a sela. The Gemara says, Gregaris. we have a breast that tells us the size is a Gregaris, a dried fig. Gemara answers, it's the same exact shear. A sela and a Gregaris is the same thing. Muchin, if a person takes out soft tufts of material, either cotton or something soft like that, he's chayv, he takes out the mount to make a small ball, and what's the size of the small ball? Like a nut. The Mishnah told us, a person's chayv, he takes out the amount of paper that it takes to write a tax collector's receipt on it. Now this tax collector was either referring to a fellow coming to collect your taxes from you, or it's talking about the toll that you have to pay to cross a bridge. One of these two options, and we're going to flip back and forth between these in the Gemara. Tana, we have a brysa. 
Kesher Mochsen, what's the size of a Kesher Mochsen? Shtei icy ice. Then the Gillian changes the next words of Shelksav Yavani. It's two icy ice, two letters of Greek writing. Greek letters were larger than regular letters. And so Kesher Mochsen has to be the size that it can hold two Greek letters, not two regular Hebrew letters. The Gemara asks for a minute. We have a different price that tells us, Hamoitzi Niyar Chalak. Someone takes out smooth paper, meaning writing paper. If it has a size, you can write two letters, Chayav, your Chayav. Vimlav Pater, if not your Pater. So it seems that this price is just talking about regular letters, not letters of Kesher Muchsin letters. Amar Sheshes, Rav Sheshes answers, not a steer between the prices. My Shtei Isis, what does the second price mean of two Isis? Shtei Isis, Shel Kesher Muchsin. The two letters of a Kesher Muchsin, which are Greek letters, both prices are saying the same thing. Rav Amarava says, no, Shtei Isis Didan. The second price is talking about two of our letters, Hebrew letters, Ubeis Achiza, and it also has to have a margin, a place where you can hold onto the Hainu Kesher Muchsin that is the same size as a regular Kesher Muchsin. The Gemara asks, Mesve, we have a third brisa that tells us someone takes out erased paper. This is paper that originally had something written on it, then you erased it, and now you're unable to write on it again. Ushtar parua, or a paid back document. If it has within its white, which means in the margin that hasn't been written on yet, if the margin is large enough, to write two letters, or if the whole entire document is large enough, in order to wrap around the top of a small jug of this oil, the person is because it's considered chashiv, but if it's too small, then he's potter. So, that told us, what did the brysa number two mean when it said two letters? It meant two letters of a Kesher Mochsin, the larger letters, Shapir. So this Brysa is in congruence with that because this third Brysa also said the word which means two letters of a Kesher Mochsin. El Rava, but according to Rava, the Amar, that told us regarding the second Brysa, that it's referring to two of our letters and a handle to hold on to, meaning a margin, the Hainu Kesher Mochsin, that is the same size as a Kesher Mochsin. So Hacha, in our third Brysa over here, the Brysa doesn't have to tell us anything about a besachiza, a handle or a margin, because all you really need is a space to write two Hebrew letters. And then what's the besachiza? The besachiza is the rest of the star that already had something written on it. So it seems like an issue with the way Rava answered the second price. It seems like a stira. Mar says, Kasha, you're right, it's a little bit difficult to understand Rava. Tanarabanan, Hamaiti Kasha Mochsin, if a person carries out if a person carries out a kesher mochsin, this receipt, if he hadn't shown it to the tax collector yet, so then he's chayev for carrying it out. But if he already showed it to the tax collector, then he's potter for carrying it out because it's not considered chashev. Rabbi Yehuda Eimer, he says no. Even once he showed it to the tax collector, he's still chayev, he still needs it. And the Gemara says, what's the difference between these two opinions, Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda, meaning what's the logic behind the argument? Amar Abayabai says, difference between them is the runners of the tax collector. The tax collector would sometimes send out runners or messengers to people's houses to make sure that they paid their taxes. Tanakam holds, once you paid your tax, you don't need to have the receipt to prove it. Whereas Rabbi Huda said, of course you're going to want to retain this receipt that you prove your taxes, so that if this fellow knocks around your door, you'll be able to prove to him that you paid your taxes, therefore it's considered chashiv and you're chai for carrying it out. Rava Mar Rava says, The differences between the chief tax collector and the subordinate tax collector. Rashi explains we're talking about a toll crossing a bridge. And even if you pay the chief toll collector the toll, and he gave you a receipt, and he even gave you a password, Rashi says, so according to Tanakama, you're not going to need to retain your receipt. You already have the password that you paid the toll, so you're good. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, you're still going to want to have the actual receipt so that you could show it to the subordinate in case he asks you to prove that you paid the toll. Ravashi Yom Ravashi says, no, the whole difference is, is when there's only one tax collector in town. When there's only one tax collector, you're not going to need to prove to him anything. 
Their whole argument is whether or not you're going to retain your receipt to show it to a second tax collector in a different place in a different time. By showing this tax collector, the second one, your receipt, what are you saying to him? I'm a person that pays my taxes. So the Tanakhama holds, you don't necessarily need to do that. If you pay your taxes, it's fine. You don't need to say the receipt. Rabbi Huda says you're going to want to prove that you're an honest fellow and that you pay your taxes. So you're going to want to retain the receipt and therefore it's considered chashiv and your chai for carrying it out on Shabbos. Tanar Banan, Hamatishtar Chayv, a person carries out a loan document, Achalai Paroi, if he hasn't paid it back yet, Chayv, so he's Chayv for carrying out, it's considered Chashuv, it's still valid to use for collection, and therefore you're Chayv for carrying it out, Misha Paroi, but if you already paid it back, so it's really a worthless piece of paper, Potter, so you're Potter for carrying out on Shabbos, it's not something that's Chashuv. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Af Misha Chayv, even once you paid it back, you're Chayv, Nesh, Tzarechlai, because you still need the receipt. My Binayu, what's the difference between the Tanakama and Rabbi Huda, meaning what's the logic behind the argument? Am Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, their whole machlekes is whether or not you're allowed to retain a paid-back star in your possession. A person, a lender, is not allowed to have a paid-back star in his possession. There's a pasuk Rashi says, You may not have in your tent an evil, and this is considered having a paid-back star because since it was already used to collect with, we're afraid the lender is going to use the same star and collect money with it a second time, which is dishonest. Therefore, we say there's an iser. You're not allowed to have the star in your house. So therefore, there's no purpose in having it in your house. The lender is not allowed to have it because it's usher, and the borrower is not going to want to have it in his house because he's afraid he's going to lose it. The lender is going to find it and use it to collect a second time. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda holds You're allowed to have a paid back star in your house, and therefore the lender would be chayiv for carrying it out. What purpose does he have for this piece of paper? Not that he's dishonest, but he could use it to wrap around the barrel or the top of a jug and use it as a bottle stopper. Abai Amr Abai says no. Everyone agrees you're not allowed to have a document of a paid back loan in your house. They're arguing about if a person admits that the star was written, doesn't need to be verified. What does this mean? Reuben lent money to Shimon and has a star to prove it. Shimon admits that this star is not a forgery. The question is, does Shimon also need to verify that the loan hasn't been paid back yet? There's a concept known as hapesha aser hu hapesha hitir. The mouth that made something aser, that same mouth can make something mutter. Technically, the borrower can say, yes, I do admit that this star was written. It's not a forgery. However, I paid it back already, and he'd be believed because he could have just said in the first place, this whole thing's a forgery, go jump in a lake. So the machikas between the Tanakam and Rabbi Huda is that when the borrower admits that the shtar was written, does he also need to verify that it hasn't been paid back yet? Tanakam, sorry, the Tanakam holds, that even though he admitted that it was written and it's not a forgery, he still needs to verify that he hasn't paid it back yet. And since he hasn't verified it, so then it's considered a worthless piece of paper and he's not high for carrying it out on Shabbos. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda holds, no, once you admit it, that this star is not a forgery. You don't also have to verify it that you haven't paid it back yet. Therefore, it's not a worthless piece of paper and you're high for carrying out on Shabbos. Now, we just have to understand the wording of the Brisa because the Brisa says, What does it mean when it says in the Brisa, if you carried it out before you paid it or if you carried it out after you paid it, we're not we're talking about a star that hasn't been paid yet. I intend someone off on the top. It really means until the borrower says, Parati parati, I paid it or I didn't pay it, meaning until he verifies it. Rav Amar Rav gives a different answer. The Kuli everyone agrees, that even though the borrower admitted that the star was written and it's not a forgery, he still has to be verified that he didn't pay it back. And over here, we're discussing whether or not the lender is allowed to write a, the borrower a receipt. 
We're going to explain this in a second. Tanakam Savar, Tanakam holds Kaisvin Shaver, that the lender is allowed to write a borrower receipt. Rabbi Huda Savar ain't Kaisvin Shaver. Rabbi Huda holds that the lender is not allowed to write the borrower receipt. What's going on over here? Ruvain lent money to Shimon. Shimon's coming to pay Ruvain back his money, but Ruvain can't find the original loan document. The Tanakam holds that Shimon does not have to pay back the loan until he receives the actual loan document in exchange. He does not have to accept the receipt. It's unfair to demand of the borrower to put the receipt in his file cabinet and keep it for an unknown period of time. It's very possible that the lender is going to end up finding the original loan document and he's going to want to come and be unscrupulous and try to collect with it again. Therefore, Tanakama says, you don't have to take a receipt. You only have to get back the original document. Therefore, once the loan was paid back, that means that the borrower has the loan document in his house already. If he's carrying it out and the Rosh rob him, it's a worthless piece of paper. You can't use it again. But Rabbi Yehuda holds that no, that even if the lender cannot find the original loan document, he's allowed to give a receipt to the borrower, and which means means technically if the lender finds this original document he could technically use it to collect with again that's again if he's unscrupulous but that means that this document even though it was paid back with is still technically usable that's why if a person carries out into the Rishis realm he would be chayev Ravashi and Ravashi says no totally different their homachlaikis is whether or not a person is going to want to retain his paid back loans in order to show this to a second person that's going to lend him money the Amar Le, he can show the bank officer that's going to loan him the money Chazi I'm a person that pays back my loans. Please lend me money. The Tanakama holds he's not going to want to retain a star for that. Rabbi Huda holds he will want to retain a star for that. That's why he's high for carrying out into the Shisarabim. Everyone should have a wonderful day.